I failed Harvard. Hello, class of 2014. Let me back up a second. That might have been a bit extreme. Hi, <clears throat> um, Mom. And what's up, Cheryl? Hello. Hi. Um, you know, I did a lot of preparation in writing this speech for you today. And I did that mostly by thinking about what a Harvard orator should look and sound like. And what I came up with was an image of a student implementing sophisticated literary elements to effectively wear his intelligence on his sleeve and referencing deep, thoughtful quotes scrawled by erudite classical poets and weaving together brilliantly constructed sentences of solid gold using words taken from deep and thoughtful quotes scrawled by erudite classical poets and maybe even overusing the word erudite. <laughs> but for eight minutes at a podium in Tercentenary Theater, they are unblemished and pristine. They are the ideal Harvard graduate. I don't have any of that for you today. I don't use a lot of metaphors and I barely know what erudite means. Um, some might say that I'm a failure in that regard. And so, today, I come bearing a simple message. We have endured what we perceive as a failure without really even knowing what failure is. We have conflated failure with not getting exactly what we want and in doing so, have diminished our many accomplishments. Take me for example. I am a first-generation college student on one side. I spent the majority of my free time here acting for thousands of people, making them laugh and sometimes making them cry. I was even once kissed square on the mouth by Jack Bauer, if you can believe it. I was. I also couldn't get into a final club. I lost my bid to become business manager of the Harvard Crimson. I sometimes struggled with grades. And I didn't secure a full-time job with the company that I interned with. To the untrained eye, what does that look like? A success or something different? Let me switch gears for a moment. Harvard students, we love to compare. After every exam, we clump together and we talk about what we wrote. I mean, who hasn't done that before? Uh, we check our Facebooks and see just how many people have more impressive jobs or graduate opportunities than we do. Frankly, there's no more blatant comparison of ourselves to others than there is on housing day, and no more blatant perception of failure. I got quadded. I thought that was a failure. I did. I then got N-2 housing within the quad, and I thought that, that's a failure within a failure. That, that's a failception. I think, I think that, 
I think that Edgar Allan Poe must have written something about that. <laughs> Don't look that up. It's just, it's just strange for a group of individuals handpicked by Harvard admissions to bring continued successes to the greatest university in the world, bar none, to at times feel compelled to focus on looking for miniature failures in the comparisons that we draw with one another. Why? I'm not, I'm not saying that comparing is bad. Sometimes comparison is great. The inherent sense of competition among students here is extremely beneficial to our development in some ways. It requires us to perform better and to work harder. A little competition is healthy and it makes you grow. But I am saying that a lot of times we take these comparisons in the most negative way possible. An aspiring doctor may feel relatively unaccomplished when hearing about a friend's cool tech internship. The lack of a thesis paper from your suite of academic accomplishments becomes a perceived intellectual inferiority despite your lack of interest in academic writing. <laughs> Being ignored by or rejected from a social organization becomes an assertion that you may be cool or popular, but just not enough for your peers. And from these differences that we rebrand as deficiencies, we manufacture failure. But we're not failures, are we? No, of course not. Without getting too cloyingly preachy about Harvard, we are all on the path to living out remarkably successful lives. And we knew that from the moment we got here. We opened that email from admissions after smashing the refresh button again and again on our inbox. We saw our acceptance and we said, well, I'm set. <laughs> and in a lot of cases, it didn't even take a year for some of us to see some great thing that one of our peers did and say, whoa, I'm no longer set. Our futures become uncertain to us, often based on something totally out of our control. And what's more, we don't take the time to truly celebrate the success in the first place. It might appear that way sometimes in the form of a celebratory meal or drink or gift, but at a certain point, albeit a relatively minor one, it becomes an issue of you being behind and you needing to catch up so that you're not considered a failure. Now, I don't mean to make Harvard students out to be petulant uh, frenemies who constantly feel pessimistic about their abilities. They're not. They're diverse, down-to-earth, and downright brilliant. Check out that fancy literary device. <laughs> and I'm honored to be counted among the company of such talented individuals. But I am saying that sometimes not being first or the best can sour what we've accomplished and drive us to saying or thinking at some point, I have failed. 
And as I said before, we are so not failures at all. Look at us. We are poets, musicians, artists. We are athletes and champions at that. We are scientists bound to unlock the greatest discoveries heretofore in human history. We are future politicians who will shape this nation for the better. There may even be a future president sitting in this crowd this afternoon. And guess what? That president might not have had a 4.0. And that president may not have gotten the dream job that he or she thought they wanted. And do you know what I'm willing to bet? That president is sitting here today and listening to me talk and looking back on his or her four years and might be reminded of the failures rather than the future. Disregarding all the great things happening right now and those that will happen in the many years to come. So I stand up here before you and I look back at the 45 months since I first stepped into Harvard Yard, I know, it's a lot of months, as a fresh-faced, fledgling freshman. And what do I see? Well, I didn't get the social standing I thought I wanted, or the big leadership position that I thought I wanted, or the grades that I maybe wanted, <laughs> or the job that I thought I definitely wanted. On paper, that looks a lot like failure. That's academic life, personal life, social life, future professional life. On paper, that's a whole lot of nothing. You know what? That's fine. Because I didn't really fail, did I? I just didn't get what I thought I wanted. Instead, I got friendships that will last a lifetime. I got a great job that I love, keeps me close to home. I found a girl that I love, and I got a fantastic education. But I didn't get exactly what I thought I wanted. None of us has always gotten exactly what we want. And at one point or another, we have all considered that failure. And it takes a long time to resolve that perceived failure as a learning experience or as an opportunity for other doors to open. But especially this week, a week spent celebrating our hard work and our triumphs, a week culminating in a commencement, so named because it marks a new beginning, we should start focusing on the success. Because in the end, we can try to measure our relative level of success here at Harvard based on the setbacks and the defeats and the B minuses, or we can take a step back and see just how little 
that matters in the long run. Only then will we truly recognize how far we've come and how far we'll go. I failed Harvard. Or did I? Thank you.